This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Right, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, episode 9. I'm your host, Terence Ford of RedandBlueArby.co.uk, and I'm here in, with Albert Curley in the back of Hambo's car. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not the first time that's happened either. What service station are we in? We are sat in a service station on our way back from Bristol City. KFC has closed, Palace have lost 4 1. And it's basically the worst night that's ever happened in the history of Crystal Palace Football Club. You've just put those two things together and I literally started to well up. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he sat next to me seeing, witnessing live the preview podcast magic that occurs. You've put your preview podcast voice on. <laughs> How are you so enthusiastic at this time? I have one of those voices. Um, we have, what do we have? I don't know what we have. We're in a car. Hambo's opening cans, <laughs> Tom's holding a dictaphone, anything can happen. I'm holding my dick. Oh wow, and Albert is obviously here with Innuendo Central. We're going to talk about the Bristol City game, the upcoming West Ham game, probably throw in some predictions and chat a lot of nonsense. Usually we'd insert a jingle here, but that's not going to happen, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, in, so the edit, in the jingle, edit, jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> um, any, any, can anybody do the voice of the um, the voiceover guy? What does he kind of do? Which uh, what? It depends. Um, there are one million reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one. You've upped the reasons from 1999 <laughs> to a million. You've added the homophobia to the 99. <laughs> oh, right, okay. That's, yeah, well, I was trying. Yeah, I don't get paid over to be a voiceover. No. I've got a really terrible Cockney accent. It just wouldn't work. So, um, I suppose we should start with um, the Bristol City defeat. Oh. Um, I, I'm going to go to Hambo first on the grounds uh-huh. that he, he specifically loved tonight a lot. I did. Um, what, what did you think of the first 20 minutes? <laughs> I didn't see the first 20 minutes. As you know, I, I heard us score a goal whilst urinating, which was the highlight of the day. <laughs> to couple uh, Palace celebrations with urination. Uh, very much enjoyed that. Um, you know, when I, when I got on into, the, into the stadium confines and, uh, and watched some of the game, we were still playing some pretty good stuff, but it uh, didn't last long. Did not last long, did it? 
It did not last long, and um, Mr. Curley. Hello. What What was your What was your opinion of the first twenty? Similar to Chris's, really. I mean, it might have been the best bit because I didn't see it. Um, not to carry on with the toilet theme, but after the game, whilst we went a few turns, I went to the toilet, and one of the traps in there had a, what can only be described as a turd the size of a size eleven shoe coming out of it. And yet it wasn't the biggest part of shit I'd seen that night. So. <laughs> um, what was the biggest pile of shit you saw tonight? Uh, added all together, it's probably... Um, no, do you know what? It was just that first goal, that PVA, just absolute astonishing attempt at a clearance. And then when he couldn't clear it, just, you know, a deft touch into the path of an attacking player from like six yards away. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like that. Well, so, well, what you both missed tonight was Crystal Palace's first away goal since, what was it? Wow. Um, <laughs> an away goal? An away goal? What's gonna, one of those? I'm going to say it was last season. <laughs> it was last season. Because um, we didn't score in like the last, other than against uh, home against Hull. Yeah. We didn't score in like the last six or seven exactly. games, did we? So Everton? Everton, Tom's in there with Everton. No, it was West Brom away. Christian Benteke at Liverpool. Wow, his brace was the last time he scored an away goal. So, Bakary Sacco, um, Chris, did he do the job as centre forward tonight? Well, from what I saw, I mean, I've, no, look, you know, he, we, I've seen, I saw him play the full game against Huddersfield. I was able to get to that on time, and uh, you know. I actually bet Tom in the second half that if at any point you could just use the adjective buzzing around to describe him, I would give Tom five pounds. <laughs> uh, and that didn't happen. I still have that five pounds in my pocket. Um, he, he did try at times, but the trouble is he's so casual uh, when when off the ball. It's just it's a it's a real effort for him to focus and actually chase things down in the channels. And he's just not, he isn't a striker. He's done really well to score a goal. Obviously, I didn't see it, but I've had it described <laughs> to me. And, uh, you know, that, you know, and, and you go back to the, the previous cup game and he's he scored in that as well. So credit is due to a degree and he's playing out of position. But I think, again, it, it highlights that we shouldn't be in that position in the, in the first place. Um, he, I, I've got to say this about him, right? He is a better option than Freddie Ladapo. Yeah, I think we probably saw that in the second half. But in the, in the 20 minutes that you did miss when Sacco did score, is there was lots of snappy passing, having um, punching in the middle, uh, Riedervold in the middle, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. There was a lot of a lot of quick snap passing going around, getting the ball wide, getting the ball in central areas. And Sacco, you could have described him as buzzing around for the first 20 minutes. But yeah. then what happened is we scored Patrick Van Arnholt. <laughs> made the glaring error and confidence dropped and you can see at the moment confidence is very very fragile amongst that squad and it is apparently extending to the uh, the peripherals of the squad as well because we were stretching tonight with some of those players on the field and um, as soon as that first goal went in it, you kind of had a feeling that more were going to follow it, I'll tell you it, it was it was soul destroying to see that mistake because you know, we've had. There's been a couple of people stick up for for PVA on our um, on, when we've criticised him on both the review and the, and the preview show, and uh, and I don't like to criticise players. That you know, we think we do it every week, but I don't actually like doing it. You know, and I don't often 
look at a player and think that he just he lacks basic ability. I like to think that you know things like loss of form come into play and all that kind of stuff. But the mistake we saw from Van Aanholt today that, that totally derailed what was up until that, up until that point a good solid performance against a weaker opponent. It, it turned us from a from by far the better team into an embarrassing state of affairs that just is it's, it's hard to deal with. But what is he doing? He's a you know even at any level. What is what is he doing? <laughs> He's essentially sort of kicked the ball. Well, miss kicked it, but half kicked it into himself, and then just completely lost his mind and mm. not thought where 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 am I? <laughs> where are the opposition players? Where's my goalkeeper? Yeah, you know, and we'll talk about the goalkeeper as well, I'm sure. But yeah, it was it was horrific to see us lose confidence that badly, and particularly with a group of players that should be pushing themselves and using that game as as a platform to get back into the first eleven. Particularly yeah. the, the the captain punching, we went, we went missing after that. Well, talking of Patrick van Arnholt, Albert, um, the fans at the end of the game were singing, "We want our money back." Was that harsh? Was it? I, th- I thought that was for the game in general, but maybe, maybe, maybe it was. Uh, maybe oh no! Was, I, I think being that it was when Van Arnholt was substituted, I think it was very clearly directed at him. Oh yeah, there was a there was a, definitely a huge around us. There was definitely a huge cheer when when his, <laughs> when his number went up. And um, yeah, I mean, what a stinker! And I was just saying to you guys, you know, I, I advocated that we signed him for like two transfer windows before we did, and I feel like such a fool. Uh, it was just horrendous. The whole thing was a horror show. The whole thing was a horror show, and you know, like it was just ba- ba- like pass- just passes were just being under hit. Like there's no, again, uh, this 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 ethereal twenty minutes that we missed. I can't, you know, I can't say we, uh, I can't comment on that. But it's just there was just no, there was no drive. It just seemed to be really haphazard. And you go, you know, we're bottom of the league. You go to a, you go to a team in the league below you at the best of times and you know they're just going to be up for it and just be all over you so you've got to even if you you know say Patrick and Arnold just clear the ball you've just got to be there and you know be on your toes and it was quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just like we were walking in treacle today, it was absolutely diabolical. Yeah, sadly the thing was that um, there was a big turning point in the first half and it was an injury to a... Bristol City player who I'm not even going to pretend to know what his name was <laughs> I, I'd had way too many beers up until that point to know it was Gigi or Juji I yeah. can't remember which way around it well, was well whoever it was went down injured and um, got replaced with a 6 foot 5 guy who went up top and it immediately changed the flow of the whole game as soon as they had someone big who could battle with our centre backs we just melted from the challenge and from that point on 
I said it. I turned and said it to the guy who stood next to me, who was a Bristol Rovers fan, who I took to the game tonight. I took two of them, and um, very, very embarrassed <laughs> to take. Um, yeah, we'll beat your rivals, lads. Come along tonight. We'll, we've got them for you. Don't worry about it. But um, I turned and said to him, I was like, this could be a big turning point because that guy coming on looks like a unit, and. Um, I think he's going to just bully out back to, yeah. and it proved to be the case with Martin Kelly, especially the guy scored. I think it was the second goal he scored. It was the second goal, and um, he's backing into two of our players, holding them off, and then um, reacting first to the rebound. And you saw that one, didn't you, Chris? I certainly did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did Wayne? He- did Wayne Hennessy? <laughs> Does he ever make saves? This is this is the thing, right? We. Again, let's go back to the point. I don't like to criticise players, but with Wayne Hennessy, you know, this really sort of hit home today. In that you can you can blame him for the goals, right? You can, but you can also look at it and see it a different way and say, look, you know, the, the defence in front of him have let him down there, and he's, you know, the shots have been from relatively close range, other than the third and fourth. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But which, he, which you know, were from thirty-four and forty-three <laughs> yards respectively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's, there's it's a difficult save, and I think he's he's actually touched the first and second goals that we've conceded. But Jules, when he's in when, it, when he's in goal, the ball will hit him and will rebound because he's in the right place, and he's you know he's positioned himself correctly, and he makes saves. Right? It's like uh, well, we know all about having, having strikers that don't score. It's like having a striker that doesn't score, having a keeper that doesn't make saves. We're not saying he doesn't stop the ball going in the net on occasions because he does the basic stuff right. Of course he does, right? He'll occasionally come out and catch a ball. Not particularly dominant, but he'll come out and catch a ball. He'll mop up position. He'll come out of, off of his line to you know to sweep a little bit. All that kind of stuff, like the things that keepers do, the basics. But he doesn't really make saves, other than three or four games a season. And what you saw today was a team that knew that if they had a shot and they got it on target they had a really, really high chance of scoring. <laughs> Incredibly high chance of scoring. And, you know, if, if I, I asked the question back to you, Terence. Other than the, the shots on, t- the, on target that went in, what did he save? This absolutely right. He saved nothing. And people were saying that I was being harsh towards him. Um, probably not as harsh towards him as all the Palace fans were, a large majority of the Palace fans that were singing Julian Sprody's name every time the ball came near him. <laughs> Um, but the third goal, um, on the surface, it looks like a great strike, but it goes straight through where Hennessy's standing. Now Hennessy is six foot five, six foot six, and when he jumps, theoretically, a six foot six man jumping with his arms in the air should be reaching somewhere at least twelve foot into the air. Yeah. Um, the ball didn't go anywhere near twelve foot above him, and he somehow leant backwards like he was Neo in the Matrix trying to avoid bullets and the ball goes straight for him and into the back of the net and I just don't think a Premier League goalkeeper of any other club concedes that goal and then you know the, the fourth one is what it is it's a bit of a volley from range and at that point it's just an absolute embarrassment and as I say you've got Palace fans singing the name of our you know legend goalkeeper that he is against the goalkeeper which I don't think is right personally no. it's, it's, it's not going to help it's not it's certainly not going to help and then and I guess it brings us on to the end of the game where very few Palace fans had the players sorry had the bottle to come over to the fans and clap or anything and then one of the ones that does is Pat Soiree he comes over and throws his shirt into the crowd and it gets thrown back at him um, 
Albert, poor, poor judgment from the fans out of all the players to pick from the from the Palace squad. Yeah, Pat Suarez I mean, not the one you want to be throwing your shirt back, surely. No, and even even just based on the you know the game tonight, forget the sort of wider history. You know, he he, he came onto the game. In my opinion, when the game was over, it's not his mm. fault that we we got turned over four one. And um, yeah, like you know, you, you include his his journey to tonight. You know, including you know a life threatening accident. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly. You know, disrespectful, and um, you know whether it's one man's sort of knee-jerk reaction, or if you didn't know whose shirt it was, you know you have to maybe give a benefit of the doubt. But either way, it's it's certainly harsh. And I know Suarez, you read out a tweet that he said it's all love, but yeah. that, that can't feel nice. No, it certainly can't. Um, now, I kind of want I want to move away from the game. Um, we won't do some jingle sounds again because it was awful <laughs> in the last one. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I guess we move ahead to looking to West Ham on the weekend and um, innocently um, naively earlier I made some notes and uh, <laughs> my first note for the West Ham preview was is there anyone from tonight making a bid for the first team on Saturday <laughs> against West Ham um, Hambo <laughs> knock oh, yourself out with that yeah, one yeah absolutely not and I, excuse me and I think one of the players we've got to talk about um which gives us that sort of transition between looking ahead because after after the defeat against Newcastle a lot of us were talking about Loftus-Cheek coming mm. into that team and you know maybe Schlupp comes out and you, you, you sort of jig things about to get Loftus-Cheek in a, in a forward position so what we criticised him you know before we started recording about today was you know he's fine running forward not interested running back I think that's fair to say mm. now if he's playing as a as a as a either a striker or a false nine, I guess you can ask the question: Is that a problem? Uh, but he was, you know, we, we've we've really got him and and Fosu Mensa were the two that we were probably thinking that we might change on tonight's performances. Neither, mm. neither deserves it. Neither did anything to that tonight to to say, you know, what I'm going to take the position of Joel Ward. I'm going to take, I don't know, either Schlup or. Kabai or MacArthur, yeah. anyone, you know, anyone's position in that team, none of them deserve it. It was appalling today, and, and they should feel thoroughly ashamed of themselves and be very, very thankful that they might get another chance if we get a favourable draw in the FA Cup. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy <laughs> to think, right, with how Fosu Mensa came in in the first few games and he looks like a very, very solid player, looks like someone with good talent and good potential obviously bags of pace there and um, potential ability but you look at him tonight and you don't you, I don't see how Hodgson can possibly put him ahead of Joel Ward on the weekend no. Joel Ward obviously got shown up a bit at Old Trafford but he had a decent game against Chelsea there was he was he had a decent game against Newcastle and he, it's been basically since the Burnley game with the exception of Manchester United Joel Ward's done decent and I think I was talking about this on the podcast last week as well Timothy Fossey Mensa now looks like a, I don't want to say a massive waste of a loan but we have him we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek as our two loans and we have no striker and I know that we can't <laughs> we can't talk about Christian Benteke getting injured because um the sun, the sun might come up tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> up in a minute, if we sit any longer in this car park, <laughs> <laughs> it might do. But um, yeah, so you're right. I don't know what we do with Rob, Ruben Loftus Cheek. I think it's it is perhaps a false nine for him. 
Um, it's hard to tell when he's playing alongside Sacco because Sacco kind of drifts out wide and so yeah. on. But it's um, after the Chelsea game when I said I'm not sure I know what a best eleven is before and now I definitely don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of been honed in on again that I might have a better idea of what it is. But um, it'll be very interesting to see how Roy Hodgson deals with it over the weekend. And I don't know, like Albert, what do, what do you think? Like, is Hodgson now has to rebuild all the confidence after the loss to Newcastle and um, at Bristol City tonight, or do we do we feel like that he can still dig into the Chelsea result and get some belief out of them? Yeah, I think in in isolation, the Newcastle result, we you know we deserved a point out of that. You know, it's a really really shite goal to concede tonight. Obviously, the changes have been rung, and you've got a few players in there that obviously didn't feature, and they've taken a the right tonkin, so their confidence obviously isn't going to be anywhere near what it needs to be so yeah I think you probably do still draw on the, the positives from the Chelsea game and the, and the fact that you can argue we were unlucky against Newcastle and then maybe chuck in the we well, have to win this because West, you know, West Ham are, are down there with us yeah. and hope that that's the, the basis on which we can build hopefully Zaha's you know, there's been no talk of Zaha suffer, you know, didn't go off because of an injury on on yeah. Saturday so hopefully you look to, look to him again and without Benteke so it is all eyes on Zaha unfortunately isn't it yeah I mean it, I don't know where the goals are coming from um, let's, uh, well, let's let's talk about some predictions then um, <laughs> for the West Ham game I mean uh, on the train up my um, my good friend Nick was saying that he's predicting a 2-2 for the weekend with own goal to <laughs> streak ahead as our top scorer <laughs> and maybe Andros Townsend nicking the other one um, what I mean, we've been very good in the past at ending teams' bad streaks. And now we had on the podcast last week, we had our Newcastle fan, and he said he felt that it's the same way for all clubs because he was saying, you know, he was happy to see us to pick a result up against Chelsea because that meant that Newcastle couldn't end the bad run. And uh, it kind of feels like going into the West Ham game with Billish's job under fire that it's a shoe in for a West Ham win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a, you know, it's, it's, your, it's your immediate thought as a Palace fan. It's, you know, if you are struggling, if you really, really need three points, play us because we <laughs> will give you those points. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you've scored a goal. Uh, if you know, like you're likely to break a goal drought by scoring four or five. Really, in, in all honesty, against us, we're uh, we're just great, great, and I, I just think. For me, the, the game against West Ham is is a killer, right? It's a it's a proper killer because it's it's our best chance for a win for a while, and we need a reaction. We, we need we really need something. You know, Everton have made the, the managerial change, and they've been struggling. But you know, people are picking up points now, and we're getting to that that point. You know, we, we've passed the point in the season where you can say it's completely meaningless where you are. And we're heading towards a point where you really have to start paying attention to just how close the teams around you are. You said it earlier, Terence, before we were recording. You know, we could have been in the, the cup quarterfinals and had nine points, but we aren't. <laughs> we're out of the cup and we got three. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's worrying times. And you're, you're so right when you when you point at the West Ham situation. And it's on the cards is is a is a defeat for Palace. But you know, I will say, you know, Nick Nick's comment about. Townsend Townsend's due a goal he really is because performances from him have been good uh, and he just needs to add something to that um, so I, th- I think we're 
I'm going to say we're going to, we're going to nick it 1-0 and I think it'll be Andros who gets the goal wow that's a that's a huge call um Talking about how big the result is against West Ham, well, we're sat on three points with Bournemouth ahead of us on four point, on seven points, four points ahead of us, and then you've got a batch of teams on eight being Everton, Stoke, West Ham, and Swansea. Now, if we lose to West Ham, that's West Ham all of a sudden eight points ahead of us. So I think that gives the gravity of how big a game it is. Everton are also on eight points, but we just know that Everton aren't going to be there come the business end of the season. So Stoke. Are they going to be down there? They're not the sort of team you expect to be down there. And then all of a sudden it's Swansea. And then you've already got Brighton who are eight points ahead of us already. And it becomes such a huge game. Like we talked about it a couple of weeks back that we thought Newcastle would be the big game. But we bought ourselves some time with a result against Chelsea. So, Albert, you're not a pessimist in the slightest. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, it's, we've, we've thrown away so many winnable home games already mm. you know Huddersfield Swansea Southampton they're, 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 they're games that we really should have been looking to pick up points and West Ham is just another one of those and if, if we you know even a point even a point isn't good enough you know at this, at this point in the, the season and if we if we don't get if we don't get three points on Saturday you know it's, an, it's another it's another significant opportunity just chalked off the board you know because mm. the, the, the games at home aren't going to get any easier anytime soon um, and I just yeah it's like you say you throw in the, the billet scenario just got images of him marching off the field with a big raised fist up to the director's box <laughs> bit, bit Pardew-esque um, but I've, I, yeah 1-0 win for us maybe <laughs> ok so 1-0 win is so I'm I mean, I'm just going to predict a 3-1 West Ham win because they, oh. they always beat us 3-1. So, um, and I need to get back to predicting losses because um, at the back end of the last season, I just predicted losses and we won every time I predicted a loss. So that I'm just clinging on to all hope. But the one thing I do want to touch on with this is, Hambo, if we do lose against West Ham, yeah. are you resigned to relegation? No. Um, you know, it's a, and it sounds kind of almost delusional to say that um, <laughs> yeah 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 but I think I think it'll be very tough already um, because when you put in a performance like we did against Chelsea um, you've got to follow it up to turn the tide you know we've seen that we've seen that we, we even without Pardew's manager because he's a streaky kind of manager in general, we we are a, a team that is quite streaky in terms of lots of bad runs and lots of good runs, and that's and overall. If you kind of if the the good outshines the bad, you you stay in the division. And this year, we're we've like you know Albert said it, we've wasted winnable home games. Mm. And I think under Hodgson, this is going to be a really important thing. I think we're going to be better at home because I think that he he is a he is the type of manager that naturally uh, goes for a more attacking ethos at home than he does away I think that's the difference between the Chelsea and Newcastle games I think the Chelsea game we got on the front foot because we were at home and I think Roy set us up to do that I think with Newcastle you know he was set up for the let's make it a point and if we can nick it we nick it because it's an away game and I just think that's how Hodgson works and I think that's dangerous uh, so that's that's why 
I, I think capability. I think we've definitely got it within us to stay up and to, to do it comfortably. Mm. But when I actually look at, at who we have as manager and how the squad are currently performing, it is a big ask. It really is. Well, you say that, but it's dangerous under Hodgson setting up some win at home and pick up the points away. If you look historically at us in the last few years in the Premier League, we've been a team that's largely picked up most of our points on the road. Yeah. So I think you're right, it is quite a dangerous game to play. Especially with uh, we've known how hard it's been. We've seen the struggles, how it's been to break teams down that just come and sit against us at Sellers Park. Yeah. And I think everybody knows now that's the blueprint to beat us at our home ground. And with without the likes of Benteke playing and or you know having to play Townsend and Zaha up front, it's going to come increasingly difficult for us to pick up results. I think because you know Chelsea came and you know they're going to come and attack us because they're Chelsea that's how it goes yeah. and that's why we pick up results but it basically becomes an away game for us right so yeah and I, I know you're going with that definitely you know obviously the Chelsea set up played into our hands there um, and you know yes you're right Newcastle did exactly that they gave us particularly first half they gave us plenty of the ball you know and just said go on then break us down you know, mm-hmm. we really did try. We played very, very well. We really, we really did try, but we couldn't do it. And that's been a weakness pretty much since we've been in the Premier League, isn't it? It has indeed. Right. Um, I think we'll end that there. Uh, it's, it's been a. I don't know if it's been a shorter or longer. Tom, Tom's arm holding up the dictaphone <laughs> will probably tell us because I think it's about to fall off. But um, yeah, so that was something a little bit different for you this week. Um, yeah. Mainly because Billiam's, uh, Billiam's girlfriend's manages a band and they got their first two headline shows so we didn't have a producer so we thought it'd be better to do it in the car on the way back and obviously um, what was you, what was your pun that we were saying we was calling it this week Albert? Podcast The podcast The podcast The podcast sort of feels like we're going car. dogging but without the sex <laughs> <laughs> With the windows are steamy Oh yeah and, um, mm. Although Tom's arm's definitely going to feel like he's had some self-sex yeah. by so the end of this flashing their hazard lights for a, a unnecessarily long amount of time I don't yeah, know if that's some sort of signal just going to go and investigate guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right so um, well I'll thank Tom for holding the dictaphone up for us for all this time and um, his little contributions. Obviously, thank you to Hambo and Albert for um, your always ingenious responses to my stupid questions and my podcast voice that I like to put on when I'm doing podcasts. And, um, yeah, so this is usually the point. So we'll do it live. This is the point where I usually go over to the review show for Hambo to... Um, give us a little rundown on what's happening on Sunday. Okay, what the hell is happening on Sunday? So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure all you listeners have enjoyed listening to Terence's wonderful preview show. And this time I got to witness it live and be on it, and it feels amazing. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm glowing, positively glowing, despite the fact we missed out on a KFC at this service station. <laughs> Other <laughs> fast food chains are available. They are. Not this not, time. Not, not, no, no, none of them are. <laughs> You should have stopped at Lee Delamere Services, damn it, and had a Burger King. Would have been all right. <laughs> um, I've lost my, th- my thread there. But what I, what I was about to say is, uh, so Sunday we'll, of course, be reviewing that game against West Ham uh, to see how we got on and what we thought of the performance. I'm not too sure who's on the show, to be quite honest with you. Um, uh, just say everyone and where did it down. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> let me go um, for everyone. DR. DR. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Jill, Lucy, Tim, Jack... Ponge. <laughs> the Ponge Meister. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Ed, we had Jack. 
Ed, <laughs> Ed, I've said two nicks. Uh, Albert, there's <laughs> that guy. Uh, and it'll be produced by Sam, Tom, and Mikey. Uh, I've probably forgotten some of that, and they are going to be so upset. Like the band aid of Homesdale Radio. Just everyone's going to just come in and do a bit. Yeah. Uh, Jack. I said it's Jack. Like Jack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So join us for all of those people. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so there it was. That was Hambo there. Um, <laughs> giving his rundown of the review show. Um, right. Well, yeah. So thanks to all of the guys. Thanks for listening. Um, sorry it's not it's in its usual format this week. But it's better though, isn't it? <laughs> it is far better. And we will be back after <laughs> a week after the review show to... Um, run you down into what is that is it in national breaks and we're not even back then are we or is it Spurs away Spurs, Wembley, away. Spurs at Wembley there you go yeah, we're going yeah. to Wembley how bad of a season can it be <laughs> until then up the palace let's go dogging <laughs> it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.